Welcome to the Make Room Show, formerly titled The 29-Minute Mom. I am your host, Jennifer Fordberry, certified professional organizer, best-selling author, and coach. I've spent the last two decades teaching women how to get organized so that they can free up more space, time, energy, and money. This podcast is for the woman who wants to make room in her home and in her life for the people and the things that matter the most. Each week, I am bringing you episodes that will help you feel less overwhelmed and more inspired to create the life that you deserve. So come on, girl, let's do this together. Welcome back to the Make Room Show. Today, is this one is for the ladies out there who might consider themselves, shall we say, middle age. Um, where I guess I fall into that category now, like it or not. So I want to introduce you to my guest, Lori Lewis, who is a health coach expert and basically an expert in intermittent fasting. And she is going to help us dissect two big topics today. Number one is menopause. I know I personally have a lot of questions. And number two is just health in general and how can we make room in our life for clarity and health. So welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you. It is amazing being here with you. We have a lot of fun things to talk about. And if there are any men listening, I think men can be included in the conversation about menopause. No more hush hush, no more shame. We can say what the heck is happening to my body and talk about it openly with everyone. Very, very good point. So if you are a man listening, this could really help you understand yes. your partner today. So tune in. Um, okay, so I want to start with just how did you get to this niche, let's call it, of helping women get through menopause? I know you're a health coach, but I have a feeling it has something to do with a personal story. It sure does. So As a young woman, I think I was about 29, I suddenly had the thought one day, I think this Diet Coke probably isn't good for me. It was kind of a still small voice, kind of a gentle, huh? And I felt like I was doing fine, but in hindsight, in my 20s, I was very foggy. And, um, that began my personal interest and passion in how to fuel myself well. So then for 20 years, I was known amongst my friends as a, you know, the healthiest eater anyone knew, but I didn't want to ever be the food police. I didn't tell others what they should do. It was a personal, private, quiet investigation of what, what makes me feel unwell and what makes me feel great. And I kept choosing what made me feel better and better. And to make it easier on myself, I'm also grateful that I had the thought, I'm just gonna decide that there's a whole bunch of stuff that most people eat, and I'm gonna call it not food with a hyphen. It's just not food. And so then there was no demonization. It It was just like, there's a whole bunch of stuff they sell in the grocery store that happens to be not food. People are like, what are you talking about? They sell food at the grocery store. I'm like, not a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just focused on food that was actual food. And um, some people might be like, what is she talking about? So food like sweet potatoes and spinach and 
salmon and eggs, you know, food that's just one thing. And um, so I was just marching along, living my life. And I happened, because of my personal passion, to get, uh, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York for a year. And that was so enlivening and inspiring. And I loved that, but I had no intention of being a health coach. And then when I was 44, early, my early 40s, I, I don't know what anybody was complaining about, about turning 40, because I just felt great. And one night when I was 44, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my gosh, my air conditioner is, I need to get a new one. It's not working. <laughs> well, it wasn't, it was not the AC. It was me. And that began um, about 10 years of not feeling like myself. It's like you feel like yourself and then you suddenly don't. Now it's perimenopause is different for everyone, of course. And what perimenopause is, is the transition. It's the years which can be between four and 15 years of seeming hormonal chaos where the body is going through a transition and will arrive in menopause and <laughs> that's officially one year without a period one year without your cycle and um, it's kind of unofficial and in that time i literally felt like i'd been pushed down a dark hole i experienced physical sensations and emotional and cognitive that were all new i that i described myself as being taken over by an alien like i was had brain fog and memory loss we would be talking and i wouldn't remember if I'd asked you a question that I thought that I had, but I wasn't sure. Um, and I was aching head to toe and I was, I experienced depression for the first time and I didn't connect the dots because they don't send us to biology class for older women mm -hmm. that this is the onset. I just thought that maybe you had some hot flashes and one day you didn't have a period anymore. No, it's a transition. And um, then suddenly I gained 50 pounds. It was just like, boom. So I went into menopause early at 49, the average is 52. So my period stopped and I waited a year and you know, if it comes back, then you just start the clock again. Right. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I suddenly gained 50 pounds on top of the feeling awful. I had a hunch that it was hormonal. It's just, I didn't know what to do about it. And I, did everything that I'd tried in the past that worked in the past, changing my eating, move more, try and get more sleep. You know, I just was trying to take better care of myself and nothing worked. And one night, so I went home to Colorado where I grew up and I was visiting my mom. And I don't know how your daughter ears will hear this, Jennifer, but my mom said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, yes so um i lost my mind and i turned into a crazy five-year-old having a temper tantrum i was 54 but i lost it and you know I, what do you think i'm not trying it's been 10 years of feeling horrible and and uh, i just can't snap my fingers you know all of it and she listened beautifully because her intention was so loving. It just didn't come out that way. <laughs> and um, so she said, let's pray for an answer. 
And I was like, I am so despondent. I am at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do, please. <laughs> and so that night I went to up to sleep in her house and um, I Googled what I always had, something like menopausal, hormonal, stubborn fat, help me, I feel horrible. And um, up popped the words intermittent fasting. Now remember, I'd been studying nutrition for over 20 years. It's my passion project. I've been right. trying to take really good care of myself. And I knew about long-term therapeutic fasting, but I never knew that you could have a daily regimen of putting your body into a digestive rest, the rep I call my fasting hours, my healing hours, and then eating the delicious food that I love, that's enlivening for me, that's delicious, that I look forward to eating later in an eating window. So fasting and eating and fasting and eating. So I thought, my gosh, I, I might as well try that. <laughs> and I told my mom about it in the morning and she thought it made perfect sense. And she asked, how may I support you? which I think are the most magical words a human can say to another. Absolutely. And yeah. And so that day I just had a, had a lot of water and had a black coffee and waited till noon. And um, it's been six years and I've never missed a day of having an eating window. And the miraculous thing is that I felt better in three days, three days. Wow. So it took 15 months to lose 50 pounds. But very quickly, I mean, I, I never lost sight of that. I wanted to fit back into my cute clothes. I wanted to feel strong and lean and flexible and good in my body. But the most exciting part was the mental clarity, the focus, the, the ability to kind of jump into anything, the ability to remember things. <laughs> and um, so I felt better immediately. And then people wanted to know what, what I was doing. And um, so, so here I am. <laughs> this is so good because I love the fact that you said that you and your mom prayed about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's the answer that it's just funny how that works, isn't it? Laura? It is. It is, Jennifer. <laughs> um, the answer is there waiting to just be revealed to us. I find this interesting because I have done intermittent fasting throughout my life and I've kind of gotten away from it in the last year, I don't know, there's really no reason for it. But also in the last year, I started to like started having trouble with my period to the point where I had an ablation done. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't work, literally did not mm -hmm. work. At first it worked, it, it went for maybe like um, three months. And then, you know, I was so happy. And then it came back with a vengeance. And then I yep. had to do it again with, with what was considered a rollerball ablation, which is a more manual form of it. And that actually took, it's funny because my body usually like reacts to anything foreign or unnatural. And I could tell you story after story, which I won't go into today, but it's just, it's funny. It's like my body knows, but I also like to be that person that is in control of my body and is like going to take a holistic natural approach. So when it started to be where I noticed signs of perimenopause, I was immediately like, what can I do? Because I don't want to turn into this crazy, you know, depressed, emotionally, you know, person pers I've seen other people do or become yeah. <laughs> in my family. And I was like, what can I do to be proactive about this? And I started 
doing some research and I started asking, you know, my doctor and other women, and there wasn't that much information. I was kind of shocked. I thought there would be way more information. And so that when I saw your bio come through and took a look at your work, I was so excited because this is, of course, just a divine timing for my personal life. But I feel like there has to be other women out there that feel like me, where they've always taken their health seriously. They don't want to all of a sudden gain 50 pounds in menopause. They don't want to hate their husband and, you know, want to, you know, cry every single minute. They don't want to be that mm. person. And so I feel like just the, the fact that you said intermittent fasting, it's so funny to me because it's something I know and I've practiced, but I've gotten away from it. And so I want you to tell us what kind of benefits besides obviously you lost the weight, what other benefits did you see when you started practicing intermittent fasting during perimenopause? Thank you. I, I, the, the benefits seem to be endless. And so it's surprising to me that this isn't the thing that's top of mind and top of recommendation for, from every healthcare practitioner. Um, we hear a lot about, you know, changing our food and moving more and sleeping earlier and better and drinking more water. And, but keeping an eating window and fasting clean, and I'll talk about the difference and what that actually means, is the thing that lowers inflammation and boosts immunity and balances our hormones and creates mental clarity and allows us to quiet the noise. So I always say it's not a diet, it's a quiet. And believe it or not, it's counterintuitive that the, the easiest thing to do to get more energy is to fast clean and eat later in an eating window. And so, the way that I coach people is very gentle. This is not a hard push and a competition and, and I'm not going to lump all women in their twenties and thirties and early forties into the same bucket, but there is a way of being in our earlier years that actually might not work anymore. The hard push, the mental, um, the, the mindset that anything we want, we have to really go for it hard. Like I gotta go work out at the gym extra hard to get the results I want. The opposite begins to be true. And then we think, well, I'm not gonna take this lying down. I gotta really push hard. That, that approach doesn't seem to work anymore. What our body, our emotions, our cognitive ability, uh, the space around us, responds to more and more is a gentle, soft, consistent approach. This is not the fasting Olympics. This isn't the Olympics of anything. <laughs> this is. Mm -hmm. And so what has people, and there are plenty of studies on this, what has people feeling better and a longer health span, which means not just life, not just living longer, but feeling healthy for a longer period throughout your life is community and nature and delicious food and gentle movement and great communication and being you know having a spiritual life and and so this is a beautiful transition for a woman let's say it's going to last about 10 years to not only shift how you take really good care of yourself 
but how you relate to the world around you and how you relate to yourself. And it is possible to shift and eradicate this mindset that, oh, it's all downhill from here. I'm just gonna get sicker and heavier and foggier and moodier and crankier and madder. No, the opposite is true. And so what I invite people to experiment with and hold on to is that if I could teach people today or remind you or help you get back on track or start up newly, that um, discovering for yourself a customized clean fasting schedule that works really well for your body and your goals and your family and your work and your fitness and living a life of having an eating window can be the foundation for this new discovery of who you are for yourself and your relationship with your body and great reverence for your body and what the rest of your life is for all because you decided to drink plain water in the morning and have a black coffee and eat later. <laughs> okay, which I really want to get into the specifics of what that looks like and even how yeah. you would decide what that looks like for a person's, like you said, a per particular lifestyle or personality or family life. Yeah. My question to right now is, do when you started doing this, did you see the... Um, what did you see physically happen in your body? Like, did you stop having night sweats? Did you, we know you lost the weight. Did you feel like you could think clearer? What were the physical benefits? So within three days, I was standing in that very same kitchen, my mother's kitchen in Colorado. And I had the thought, oh, there I am. Well, what is that? <laughs> mm, there I am. I was clear. I was grounded. I was back in my body. It was like, ah, oh, there. Now nothing had changed physically. It was three days of having an eating window, you know? Yeah. And so I really encourage people, I know this is hard for some, to, if you want to weigh yourself, because this isn't just about weight loss, this is about feeling better in all ways. But I know that what the number on the scale says can be important in some ways. Doesn't tell us much, doesn't tell us everything. But I encourage people to weigh for three days, take that three-day average and put the scale away for a month. Why a month? Because I want people to be tuning in to how you feel. How's your energy? How's your mental clarity? Do you, do you feel more less or do you feel less achy? Do you feel more flexible? Do you feel brighter in the morning when you wake up? So when we're looking inward at how we feel as the measure for like, gosh, I'm putting a lot of effort in and is it working? Is it working? How am I doing? Is it working? I want people to tune in. So to answer your question, um, there are measures like blood sugar and blood pressure and lowering insulin and lowering, lowering inflammation. But the way that shows up as lived as a person going through life is clearer, sharper, brighter, more productive, more focused, stronger, more stamina. And, you know, within my coaching, within the first week or two, people are like, oh, this fasting, I've never felt better. I didn't realize it would be so easy. And then they're like, my big problem is the food. It's like, great. Now that you have dis distinguished that, now let's talk about food. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and then did you just, let's talk about, um, 
just the fact that when you decide that you're going to do this, how do you so decide what window is the best for you and your body? And how long is the window that you give yourself? Like, tell us the, tell us the routine. I love to. So it's so easy to start. This is not a diet. This is not something that you need to wait till Monday or clear out your fridge or, you know, <laughs> dump everything in the dry or eat everything before you start. Okay. <laughs> so everybody out there <clears throat> and you too, Jennifer, mm -hmm. what time tonight or today, it doesn't have to be tonight. It can just be today. Are you going to close your eating window? And I say today because some people really love a breakfast and a lunch and shut their eating window. And some people feel great closing their eating window at three or four or two or, but other people are like, no, I kind of like eating dinner with my family. And that's usually at whatever time that is. Um, and what would be a natural time for you to stop eating? Now, some people also struggle with late night snacking. And one way to learn to curtail that is that you practice closing your eating window, wiping down the counters, turn off the light, lock your fridge, I don't care, and go into another room. And so what time for you seems like a good time to close your eating window today? Usually six o'clock. Six, great. Now, some people are like, wow, that's when I start eating, you know, so yeah. it's, or, um, so everybody has a different time. It could be 10, it depends on your work and your family and what works for you when you go to bed. Some people, do not like to go to bed with anything in their belly, you know, and other people want to go to bed with a full stomach. So we are all right. different. So everybody gets to choose what's best is what's best for you. So six o'clock. Great. After six, your eating windows closed. You're going to drink plain water. This is a clean fast. This is just a purest fast. This is kind of relieving any question about what I'm allowed, what I can, what I can't have while I'm fasting. It's like nothing. <laughs> okay. You have tea. So tea is tricky. So I'll run through. It's plain unflavored water. Okay. It could be sparkly. It can be hot, whatever. Okay. Plain unflavored, no lemon, no stuff. Okay. Plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee. Ah! Um, so if you're addicted to coffee creamer, we'll talk about that. <laughs> then uh, some people out there sure are. They're yeah. Like, Don't take away my coffee creamer from my cold. Dead I got rid of that a long time ago. <laughs> Good for you. It's yeah. the most crazy, ultra processed, addictive food that I've found actually. Wow. Um, tea, plain, unflavored, bitter, black or green tea. So that would be you know, oolong tea. I mean, if you look at the ingredients, it should say black tea or green okay. tea with no okay. lemongrass, ginger, none of okay. no, no mint, no rose hips, no chamomile. Now, why is that? We want, first off, all the benefits of being in a fasted state. So Jen Stevens wrote a great book called Delay, Don't Deny. Okay. So just got to get your mindset around you, you get to have the flavor party later in your eating window. You're gonna eat later. You're just delaying, not denying, okay? So people learn pretty quickly that the clean fast is not only great health-wise, getting into fat burning, getting into ketosis, deep cellular repair, boosting human growth hormone, lowering inflammation, like it's just the health benefits are endless and we wanna take advantage of that. So fast clean plain unflavored. 
water, coffee, black or green tea. The other reason is the clean fast makes fasting easier. So we think, oh, just a little lemon, I'm gonna, I need it, I need it to get through. No, that food flavor might raise insulin a little bit, not too much, but most importantly, any food flavors or nutrients send signals to the body that food is incoming. Just one little taste of it. Your whole body's like, woohoo, you're gonna feed me. And then you don't because you think you're fasting and the body gets really grumpy. So anyone who says, after practicing intermittent fasting for about two weeks, if they say they're still really struggling to get to a 16 hour fast, I suspect they're not fasting clean because fasting clean makes it easier. You're not introducing nutrients or food flavors. You're just going to have those later. So to answer your question again about how to start, you decide when you're closing your eating window, you drink plain water, you go to sleep, you wake up, you drink plain water, you have your tea as you, you know, your plain black or green tea or your black coffee, if you like coffee and you decide how long you're going to fast today and i recommend at least 12 hours so if you said 6 p.m you're going to fast till 6 a.m and if six arrives and you're like this i'm not, i can keep going then do <laughs> do that okay but decide what time you're going to either have your flavored coffee or have, put something in your tea that you like and have a little breakfast and then have lunch and then have your dinner and shut your eating window again and then depending on your health and weight goals, depending on how well you do or do not feel. Um, I really encourage people within a week to 10 days to extend the fasting hours to 16 and shrink the eating window to eight. So that could be 10 to six or noon to eight or one to nine, I don't care. Yeah. And then you'll discover that in an eight hour eating window, you can have two substantive meals, two meals, and then practice that 16, eight for a while. And then you'll experiment with, so for me, I was like, gosh, this eight hour eating window after a while, it just, it was pretty quickly. It just seemed like a lot of time. And so I shrank it to six. And I had a little meal and a normal meal in six hours. And that felt really good to me. So we are a comparison animal. No other animals compare themselves to another animal, right? But no we should animals be. are on social media either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I really encourage people, again, it's another opportunity to tune inward and see what has you feeling very, very well. And so I always listen for where there's any struggle, stress or strain, and I'm going to make it better for you. And um, this is this, this should not include any stress, struggle or strain. This may take some determination. Mm -hmm. It may take a little effort. But as hunger doesn't build and build and build until you can't take it anymore. It really just kind of rolls in. There's hunger alert. There's thoughts of food. You might have a little growling stomach. You may um, really want to eat. And then you realize it, that hunger wave just passes right on by and you stay busy or kind of breathe through it. And it goes away as soon as it came. And you remind your, here's another important trick is you, you kind of calm your nervous system by reminding yourself when you're going to eat later 
and what yummy food you'll be eating later. And it's like, oh, you remind the body, there's no famine, food is available. It's just a few hours from now. And then you remind yourself that these fasting hours are your healing hours, deep cellular repair, cognitive improvement, like life is getting better because you're a person who fasts clean and eats later in an eating window. And it's just a win-win for your body and for you. <laughs> gotcha. Now, what about the times when you want to have, you know, something that isn't clean? Should you do it during your eating window? Oh, okay. So remember, I'm talking about fasting clean and then eating clean is a whole other conversation. Okay. okay? So, so eating question, clean is up for debate. <laughs> eating clean is, have, what is that? Okay. What if you have a day though? where you um, don't stick to your routine? How does that physically affect your body? Is it because immediately you're going to, you know, a lot of us will think, oh, well, I just ruined it. I screwed up. Yes. Yeah. So, but how does that affect us? If we have a day where say, um, for example, my son's a senior, we have tons of graduation parties coming up. Yes. Those days will not be as regimented as a Monday through Friday for me. So Correct. how does that physically affect us if we have a day where we kind of fall off the wagon? So in the beginning, it's really helpful to be consistent because as you're creating a new habit, you know, to have in your mind, like, I don't eat before 12, I don't eat past eight. You know, I right. just use that right. as an yeah. example. So when a person gets that into their mind, then you don't need to freak out if a day comes along where it's going to be different. You just you're an adult, you make a choice and you don't punish yourself. Remember, this is not a diet. It's a quiet. This is not in the realm of punishment. This is in the realm of replenishment. And so you don't beat yourself up for making a choice that serves you and serves your life. So let's say you settle in to a six hour eating window or even a four hour eating window or a 10 hour eating window, again, depending on what feels good to you. But I just encourage in the beginning, trying out an eight hour eating window to start settling in. And then after about a month of feeling better, you can adjust. But on the day-to-day -day adjustments, I encourage people either at night when you close your eating window to look at the coming day and see what the day holds and decide when your eating window is gonna be. So you either do that at night for the next day or you do it in the morning. It's like, okay, what what's going on today? When's my eating window gonna be? I mean, a, a perfect world would be, I would know everybody's taking really yeah. good care of themselves. If everybody asked each other, when's your eating window today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it would just be as normal as anything because that would uh, communicate to me that people are paying attention to their own health and feeling well. And it's just as normal as anything to have an eating window. So you would decide, oh, we've got this thing that might kind of be a late night thing. And so then the first thing is, well, will we stop eating by six and I could switch to plain water? Or do I wanna have a, another glass of wine with my friends and maybe I'll close my eating window at eight? It's totally up to you. Then you decide, well, am I gonna have a 10 hour eating window then? Or am I gonna fast a little longer and stick to my eight hour eating window? It's a hundred percent up to you. So then if you're like, you know, I think maybe I'll fast a little longer today. I'll just shift my eight hour eating window till later. And then you got to look, well, is that going to work for my morning? Mm -hmm. What do I have happening this morning? If I'm going to yeah. fast a little longer, yeah. does that work for me to eat at 
two instead of at noon? Then you look and the answer is yes or no, and then you choose. <laughs> so it's, um, now, okay, so it can change day to day. You don't have to stick with the same schedule. Correct. But okay. there's something you said in the beginning that I think is really interesting. You said, I used to do it. I've done it, you know, and you said, I'm not sure. I think you said, there's no reason for stopping it, or I'm not sure. This is pretty typical. Either people can remember why they stopped because something really hard or bad happened in their life, or they went on a great vacation, never got back to it. But mostly people are kind of like, I was doing that and I liked it and I don't know why I stopped. So what can help with the consistency is knowing that you can't screw this up and every day you have an eating window, you get to say when it is yeah. and that you're also going to have some guardrails, I like to call it, that they're, if you look at people in your life who you know, or maybe even celebrities, I don't know, but you don't know them. Mm -hmm. um, you look at people that you know who are older, who are fit and strong and clear. They look like a healthy person. They seem like their countenance and their, you know, energy and their mindset is a healthy person. Those people have rules for themselves. And just like, you know, just like you and, and make room, it's like a person who keep, who's a minimalist or clears out their stuff or creates, doesn't, bring too much things in and has a process for getting rid of things. There, there are structures and habits and rules for yourself that work for you that become so natural that you just don't stress about it anymore. You don't even think about it anymore. The same thing with keeping an eating window that, that you are just a person who fasts clean and eats later and mm -hmm. you decide when it's going to be and so it's not a thing of doing it and not doing it and starting and stopping like a diet starting and stopping and starting and stopping and trying hard to get back on the wagon no you just decide each day when's my eating window going to be and because you will discover what eating window feels so good to you i call it your sweet spot or kind of your fasting groove it's easy to get back to that on most days because it feels so good to you. So there's no question really if you've moved it around or extended it or changed it. It's not hard to decide tomorrow what you're going back to because you know what your sweet spot is because that feels so good. But right. every day have an eating window. <laughs> yes, I love this. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about just um, like you mentioned, just the regiment that you use in your life. Cause I know you talked before we came on to the show a little bit about clearing clutter and making room for what's important. And to me, yeah. this is, this co-aligns with what we're talking about. You make room in your schedule for the most important thing in that for you, for this topic of conversation is intermittent fasting. But you did mention that there was other ways that you kind of cleared out the things that weren't serving you. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I um, I moved across the whole country recently. I lived in New York for 25 years and I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I moved everything with me. I, <laughs> I could have a lot of self-criticism for that, but <laughs> oh my goodness. and. I, I'm a very sentimental person. I really 
love beautiful things and I remember the reasons why I got things and where I was and how meaningful that was or who gave it to me. So I've got stories about everything. And yet I knew that I was living with too much. And, you know, this, this correlates or has a parallel with how we take really good care of ourselves or not. And so the effort that it takes now to start a clean fasting regimen or the effort that it takes now to take one object at a time and look at it and decide if I'm keeping it or not really took a lot of effort. And I started that process a year ago in April and it, I say that it's been a year long process, but it really was just six months, but of very committed effort. And one of the biggest things I learned was I had this thought, it's like, oh, who's doing the deciding here? Is it the object or is it me? And so then I figured out that mostly the object is doing the deciding. The object has the power over me. And the way that it has the power over me is if I look at it, okay, this is this mug's a great example. Uh, my friend Alexis gave this to me in the 90s. <laughs> that's a really long time ago but I really love it for a lot of reasons right but if I'm like I have 42 mugs I need to get rid of some of them so I'm looking at this one and I realize that there are three things that are in control that the object either the object is making me feel guilt and shame so that I'm a bad person if I get rid of this because my friend Alexis gave it to me um or scarcity like, oh my gosh, I paid so much for this. Or what if I need this red mug in the future? Okay, so guilt and shame or scarcity, or the strongest one for me is that it is my identity. Like red's my favorite color. You know, I've had it for so long. If, the, if, if this thing walks out the door, it's almost like myself is leaving. Like I've been kicking myself out. Yeah. yeah, it's a part of me. And so with every single object, I had to work through all of those questions and I realized that the object has the power, not me. So, um, you know, the beauty of living with less and, and being a person who can clearly make the choice that's going to give space and make room and everything has a place and that simplicity and that quiet of not having the noise, the chaos of too much stuff around. That's different. Nobody would walk in my house right now and say, this is a home of a minimalist. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I have a lot of beautiful things around me, but I do have half of what I had a year ago. And I open a drawer and there's a place for everything. And at going through that process, I felt very much, and I still do, that it feels so much like intermittent fasting that I'm making a choice. I'm the one choosing. I'm making the choice that's best for me. It doesn't even matter what other people are doing. This is when I eat. This is when I don't eat. I'm saving money. I'm saving time. I'm 60 years old and my biological age is 40. So I'm, I am on no medications. I have no more aches and pains. I, I don't think I said that um, when I first started intermittent fasting and through perimenopause and the early years of menopause, I was aching head to toe, like my shoulders, my elbows, my, my hips. I couldn't sit down for five minutes and stand up without going out, 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 out. So to 
start a daily process, a daily habit of something that I know is so good for me um, and stay consistent with that and feel better and better and better long into my life, I really think has a beautiful parallel to the simplicity of the space around us and keeping the things around me that my eyes think are beautiful and makes my heart sing, but it's also very simple to live with. And fasting is the same. Lori, when you're talking about this is two things stuck out to me. Number one, the season of menopause is also very close to the season of when you have to usually start looking at the things that you have brought into your home and your life. And that's when a lot of people downsize. I work with people all the time in this season of life. Yes. Uh, It's your responsibility, right? As you get older to take care of your body. It's also your responsibility to decide what stays and what goes as far as the possessions that you have chosen to put into your, into your world. It's not somebody else's responsibility, but it often gets passed on to the next generation or those left behind. Um, The other thing that's very obvious to me is that when we don't have the distraction of stuff and we don't have the distraction of food every minute or hour of our day, we are forced to look within and to really have to listen to ourselves, to hear our inner voice, our inner spirit, because there's no distraction taking us away from that. And I feel like, by doing these two things, I'm sure I'll ask you, and I can probably guess the answer, you know, I'm sure you've learned some pretty key things about yourself doing both of these types of work at the same time. I have. Okay. I feel, I think the word you use distraction is one of the most important words. Um, if we're going to compare intermittent fasting, having eating in an eating window and fasting clean with um having space around Mm -hmm. us and order and simplicity um the noise that gets created by having too much stuff Mm -hmm. the noise that gets created when there's constant thoughts of food the if we eat all the time guess what we're thinking about all the time food when we actually pause from eating and eat later that no, it, it's counterintuitive. You'd think, well, if you're not eating, aren't you thinking about food all the time? No, you're actually not because your body knows there's no famine. Your body knows you're eating delicious, healthful, nutritious food that you love later. And so during the fasting hours, you can just go about your life. You can, you actually, the mental noise quiets and you can actually focus on the things that you actually care about. And so that word that you use distraction, I think is the most important one. And then I would add to it, the feeling of choice, like you're the one that chooses and that space and that energy flow and clear discernment and ease. We all want more energy, more peace of mind, feeling certain and grounded. We want the feeling of having more time and maybe even more money. (laughs) So, And, and I love that you noticed that this season, this time of life, um, and I say aged 44 to forever, I picked 44 to forever because I love alliteration, but I also, for me, 44 is kind of a magical, auspicious number. And it happens to be the time 
of my life that I noticed that things were changing and I couldn't put two and two together. Um, so the, the, the time for a woman of early 40s to early 50s really is a hormonal, mental, cognitive, emotional, spiritually, spiritual and physical shift. And we groan and moan about it because it's not always pleasant. And we it's a it's a mystery. Our doctors didn't have a minute of training in medical school about menopause or nutrition. And um, it's an incredible time. And so I love being able to talk more about it with men and women. I love that too. I think it's a very empowering time. And I also find that it's the time that, you know, maybe your kids are getting older and you can now refocus on yourself and maybe you lost yourself a little bit along the way by being the nurturer. And that was the way it was intended to, you know, while you're fully in raising children, you need to be very attuned to their needs. But now at this time, you can kind of take a step back and say to yourself, what do I want? Who am I now? And what does this new season look like for me? And I have asked myself those questions over and over this year as I'm getting ready to send my youngest to college. Um, And to say, I can either be sad that the former season is over, or I can get excited and embrace the new season and create that. And like you said, it's a choice. I get to choose what this new season looks like in all aspects. And so I think that this conversation was super powerful, super timely. And also I love the correlation between the intermittent fasting and the decluttering because it's like, to me, it's all about boundaries, you know, keeping the good in and keeping the bad out on both fronts, basically. And so um, I know all the benefits of decluttering and getting organized and you know, all the benefits of you know, intermittent fasting and just being more conscious about what you put into your temple. And I think it's married together so well and perfectly. And I'm just excited to see, um, you know, this help other women too. So I really appreciate you. I'm so glad you came to the Make Room Show, Lori. And it's just been a pleasure. I love your your outlook and your wisdom. Oh, thank you. And I love, I, I've been calling myself a doula for women in perimenopause and menopause. Like, just take, let me take you by the hand and we'll walk through it together. And I'm so grateful that a few years ago, Jane Brody from the New York Times wrote, we could all use a health coach because we spend so little time with our doctors and we don't understand the numbers. And then we don't understand what to do about the ones that aren't optimal. And so to be able to join together and walk through this together and feel better and better and realize it's not all downhill from here. This is a beautiful transition and welcome to the next phase of your life. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you found this episode helpful, please let us know in the comments and we'd be happy to um, respond back. Lori, where can they find out more about you? My business is fast forward and um, I'm always looking forward and, um, fastforwardwellness.com is my website and people can download a a checklist if you're like wait how did she tell us how to start okay so you can get that checklist and um, stay in touch with me I love it when people write me and if you're like okay I'm aligned I need more coaching I want you as my coach then write me and um, we can set up a quick uh, free 
15 minute consultation where I, I don't view it as a sales call. It's like, you tell me everything you're dealing with and I'll give you some tips. And if you'd like to work with me, you can ask me questions about that and you know where to find me, but I really love to contribute. So reach out. Awesome. Awesome. And we will include that survey in the show notes. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Until next time, everybody have a great day. Imagine the chance to slip away for a few days, someplace where you can release the constant pressure to do more, be more, say more, and reach more, where conversation is authentic and meaningful, rest is prioritized, and food is deliciously prepared by someone other than you. Welcome to the Focus Retreat. This is an event that I am co-hosting this coming September. Ladies, I am so, so excited to personally invite you to this very special gathering. Finally, we can meet together in person, face to face. Can you imagine? I would love to meet you face to face. This is a chance where you can get away and refine your focus on every aspect of the integrated life, family, organization, confidence, you and strategy. You'll discover how to do less in order to achieve more, to increase your impact on the people and the projects that matter the most. That's what we're all about here on the Make Room Show, right? So check it out. Go to thefocusretreat.com right now. And if you sign up, please do me a favor, DM me or send me an email and say, Jennifer, I am coming because ladies, I want to meet as many of you as I can in person. And if you do come and you are a listener of the show, I am going to carve out some special downtime just for us and the listeners of the show. So again, thefocusretreat.com, you do not want to miss it.